Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this one's fantastic. This with Chef Aaron Robbins from Boneyard Bistro in Sherman Oaks, California. I've wanted to talk to him for a long time, and as things go, this seemed to be the perfect time to talk to him. One reason why I think this is an important interview is because he's been around for 17 years. His restaurant, Boneyard Bistro, has been around for 17 years. That is quite a phenomenal feat for any restaurant, be it barbecue or anything else. So a good chunk of this is what it's like to be a restaurateur and what it's like to be a restaurateur for 17 years and what it's like to be a restaurateur in the San Fernando Valley, which we're in LA County, but we're over the hill. But he is straightforward on everything. He has worked with the likes of Charlie Trotter in Chicago, Arnold Wong in San Francisco, he is a chef, but he also has a passion of barbecue, which has been with him since he was 12 years old. So I'm not going to get too into this because there's so much to break down within the interview. One really cool thing is he's always had a JNR smoker in there, but now he has a pit from Titus Smokers in Hemet, California. It's a 500 gallon. It's beautiful. I'll put pictures in the montage. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you can take a look at either my website, the blog post or the montage and see it. It's gorgeous or it. Bonner Bistro on Instagram. But I think it's really cool and it's cool because I have this master list of 80 custom pit builders across the United States and he used it. He didn't like reach out to me and then use it. He actually used it on his own, which is awesome. And I'll put a link to that resource. It's growing as I add additional pit builders, but I hope it's a really good tool. A number of people have written me back and said that they've used it to, to buy their pits. But I can't thank Chef enough for taking the time being so forthcoming but also too he also talks about all the things on the menu they have a full bar they're known for their pairings exceptional food and it's a cool location i'll put a link to the map below too so if you're in the san fernando valley or in los angeles and you're looking for an additional option for barbecue definitely check out boneyard bistro and if you're enjoying these please subscribe i have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com with the list of pit builders as well as a ton of other stuff but at the end stay safe and be sure to visit your local barbecue joint even mcdonald's is more expensive people i don't and, and great they, barometer like, actually but it's funny people don't i don't think people think of it that way though it's weird how i not- read it a correlation once online that showed the price of a big mac in a ratio with minimum wage regardless of where it was in the world they went like this. They were always in sync with each other. Whatever minimum wage was, basically half of that is a cost of big. Huh. Pretty much close to that. It was a really weird, interesting article. Yes, that but is it showed actually... it over time and it showed it from country to country. <laughs> so like wow, that's places weird. that had super high minimum wages, you know, I think it was like in Korea, the you know minimum wage was like 18 19 dollars and the and the big mac was like 13 so it's like but i think people are okay to to spend a crazy amount of money at mcdonald's whereas if any other restaurant they they seem to notice it and complain about it and, they, and well yeah they really complain about it and, and and like yelp you could yelp the hell out of out of, I mean, McDo- well, out of mcdonald's and, and they don't care nobody cares <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, yelp in itself the, the whole thing is Everything's I think changed. Yelp needs one major correction because mm-hmm. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. We should be able to Yelp the Yelpers. I agree. I've always thought of like a, I've always said like separate platform where you where you rate customers. You know, if if, if <laughs> Joe C, you know, one of the things like okay, Joe C ripped us. Well, let's go look. You, we can pop up and see Joe C's reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, he ripped us. He ripped Spago. He ripped Jelena. He ripped Moza. Oh, and, but he really, he really, cleaner, really but... is a big fan of Del Taco. Over on Balboa, you know, I he mean, likes it's like the guy, most people, a lot of people on Yelp are simply there. They will just want to vent out Yeah, it's a, because they weren't treated or they didn't feel the, they, they were entitled to something better. I wonder if it's a symptom of people just wanting to complain, people frustrated and they just, in general, I think across the board. And so they, this gives them a format. Twitter gives them a format. Everybody, it's just You've had to sit, I mean, we've spent, spent generations where you keep your mouth shut. You don't say what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. You all of a sudden have an, a, a veil in front of you where no one can see who you are, but you can be as big of a loud mouth as you want to be mm-hmm. with no repercussion. Uh, hey, Chef Aaron, uh, nice to finally get you on the show. I wanted to for years and we just haven't been able to connect, but I, I'm so happy. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing uh, pretty well. Yeah. Pretty well. It's, it's an interesting time for the world, but it's also something that I think that a lot of people watching this and listening to this on the podcast side might not know that there's a restaurant, a barbecue restaurant in the Valley and might not know that you guys exist where they should. And you've been around for what, 15, is it, am I, is it 15 years or 14? almost 17, 2005 almost seven. we opened. Oh, it was it 2005? Okay. Ah, yeah. That's, and that's a feat unto itself. And, I, and it hasn't been without its its trial. We'll, we'll get into the journey. But where did oh, so we, we had talked off camera. You were born in the same hospital I was. You were born in Encino. Yep. Yeah. So I was going to say, how was that? But that's not. That's you're not the first person I've ever met who I actually have. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you're the very first person, too. It's just I'm I'm shocked. Other than my, my cousin was born. Uh, she was born eight hours before me in the same hospital. So oh, these sisters, these sisters had babies within eight hours. So we were in the, the local paper. I don't know what the I mean, local paper was, maybe the daily news at the time. Yeah, all not... my kids have been born in Tarzana. So <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, like, no. my brother so, was in Tarzana. Tarzana was hopping. Encino was kind of a smaller, smaller mm-hmm. site. Yeah. Now the Valley's changed a lot since we're, we're close in age and the Valley has changed extraordinarily did you were you going on a path in food at all did you work at restaurants in the valley when you were no no i i i worked in family business and corporate as far on as far as professional cooking that journey started when i absolutely couldn't stand the corporate game anymore i was still i was young because we i worked grew up in family business Mm -hmm. which was international stuff it just was awful so was it just a stress or was it just working with your family? Or um, it's, like, it's not easy to work with family. Yeah, combination of all of it. I mean, just it, it was not an uplifting industry. Working with family is very difficult. I, I hit an interesting crossroads. So one of my clients that was in the uh, sporting good industry offered me a job at the same day I got accepted into culinary school. Oh, interesting. So it was which road to take. And I got offered like Western regional sales manager. Oh, wow. Major, big six-figure income. And this was back in the 90s. Or culinary school. And because I'm not the sharpest tack in the box, I went with culinary school. Um, Do you you have any idea what happened to the person that accepted that job? I don't know. The company's still around and is, you know, one of the biggest companies in in like... uh, hockey so oh, okay interesting um but uh no i went down I, I decided to go to culinary school was it in san francisco i started actually at la culinary and was there when the u.s marshal seized it <laughs> <laughs> wow that's gotta be interesting they said pack day. your stuff <laughs> then i quit i mean i was on, it was like first semester so i then transferred up to san francisco okay that's okay i, <laughs> so I knew san francisco it was interesting to me at the equestrian center and having the U.S. Marshals walk right in. So they walk in and they seized. They seized the property. That's it. Uh, wow. Yeah. And that, that's got to be embarrassing for somebody or for some of those people. But it's, uh, so, yeah. so then did they, okay. So, so but culinary school, did you feel then when you were in, in culinary school, this is for me? This is that yeah. life that I like? Yeah, it, it was, it was a fish to water. I mean, I was, it was like everything clicked. And, and there were a lot of people, there were all kinds of people in culinary school, I can from housewives to kids, you know, kids that parents just don't know what to do with, to, you know, guys that had retired and just wanted to pick up something. Um, I, I will say up at, at, in San Francisco, you know, it was California Culinary Academy back then before it was even Cordon Bleu. The, the, there was definitely, you could, everybody got mixed well, but there was like, the guys that were going down the professional route just kind of yeah, went yeah. with each other. And then the, uh, you know, everybody else just kind of followed along with it. So it was also the heyday. It was like, it was, it was when culinary was really launching off. I mean, California was going crazy from, you know, Jer- uh, Jeremiah Towers and Alice Waters and, down here, Wolfgang, Wolfgang all those stuff. I, it yeah. was just, it was the mid nineties in, in the Bay area. You had dot-com explosion happening. Yeah. Yeah. It was right. B. Crazy <laughs> money. 
and you had all this celebrity chef thing happening. It was just that apex. Yeah, it was. it was there. It was, and you had so many amazing chefs come out of that period of time. Um, guys I worked with, I mean, it was like you put yourself in the, in the most intense situations as possible. I mean, I, I went and apprenticed under Charlie Trotter in Chicago. That was like a suicide mission. Um, yeah, no, I've I've heard I've heard things and oh yeah. <laughs> they're sugarcoating it. <laughs> and then, you know, I'd learned I really did not like that level cooking. I liked it a little bit below that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to what, have more fun. The intensity it's gets yeah. I mean, I've heard stories, you know, um from a few places here in LA and you know, these these some of these guys are just over the top intense, and it's like I'm intense. I mean, people know that. I mean, I have a reputation. Um, I mean, there's a wall of coffins on my at the restaurant. People always ask what it's about. It's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but cooking has to be fun mm-hmm. first. I mean, not every day is perfect and and happy smiley, but man, you know, people, you know, what you know, are in shock. I cook on when I'm not at work constantly i cook for my family constantly and you enjoy it i love it yeah i mean it's just it's so much fun and i get to create and you know i remember when the kids were little 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 i make these crazy beautiful like plates you would see at like a five-star you know <laughs> james fun. beard meal and i'd make these beautiful little plates for like a two-year-old and it's just fun i love to cook um, I, I think that there were chefs that thought that I think they were either they had I think it was kind of like that family like the how things went down they rolled downhill I feel like there were a lot of chefs that felt like that was how they had to act Trotters was um close to that I mean the thing about Trotter Trotter was brilliant I mean his mind and palate worked in a way that others just yeah. mine doesn't his palate memory was like nothing I'd ever seen before in my life. They also had had a run of not so great apprentices. So they don't really trust you on a lot of stuff. That makes but sense. But Guillermo Taliz, who was the chef de cuisine, to me, he's a god. He was extraordinary on so many levels. First, obviously, his just skill level and knowledge level was unparalleled. But at the same point, and he could push you so hard, he never yelled at me once, not once. You know, like every day, I, you know, I, every like every other day, I had to like break down all the all the all the squab, which isn't fun because they got their little claws and their beaks and everything. It's all there, and you just get shredded to pieces. Your hands are raw by the time. And, you know, by the time I was done, you know, and I was like, he gave me, he goes, here, there's like six cases of squab to do. And he was like, the worst was he made me do it and tunnel bone all the legs. And he threw it and then he took all the legs and everything and he just threw it in a stock. <laughs> he was just giving me, and I'm like, he was like, but he was like, okay, you need to be able to do this. He goes, well, tell me when you get to this speed, you know, you need to be able to do, you know, you know, a case every 20 minutes. And I'm like, dude, I did a case every 18 minutes. Do your math. And he was like, you're a God. And he yells through the whole kitchen screaming. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm totally being, trying to embarrass me. He, there is, he was just incredible to work with. And let me tell you, that is, we literally watched the stages come in every day. Half of them would leave before the end of the shift. They couldn't deal with it. That's amazing. It was it was those guys all in there were incredible mind you i think i, I mean i when you work at that level because my I, the other restaurant i had for a little while was not that level but still on the upper echelon yeah it's a tough it's it's a it's a motley weird group of people with a lot of we got problems mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no, there's now every kitchen that i've worked in or worked like we're managing there's always an interesting mix of it's, humans because it, it, just, was, it requires that almost yeah i think at the certain levels I, I there's there's something there's some amazing people in it but there's something that drives people into that level mm-hmm. 
and it's not always good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's some dark, there's some real dark stuff in there. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it seems like it's things have changed too, and there's there's these some even deeper darker things that were going on in the restaurant. Well, industry. I think you have some, you know, there's been some exposure to, you know, some of the dark side of yeah. our business. I don't like that side. It's just uh, I don't want to be around it. So. Yeah. Uh, I, like I said, we, we try to have fun. Boneyard's always been one of those that has a, an interesting level that we work within. Um, it's changed over the years, but it's still, we try to have a lot of fun. Yeah. What, what brought you back to LA then? Uh, 9-11. 9-11. So we went, I was in Chicago, apprenticed. I went back to San Francisco. I worked in San Francisco for a long time. Um, my mentor is Arnold Wong. He's my true mentor. Why do I know that name? That name sounds... So he owned EOS and okay. Bacar. Uh, he also owns uh, Raison d'Etre Bakery, which they make all everything from scones to... Like, their thing that you see a lot of their stuff uh, is these Parmesan crisps, like at Whole Foods. Okay. Um, his, he has this huge commercial bakery that he does stuff with. Wow. Um, but he also owns a bunch of really cool bars in San Francisco now. But... He was, you know, he came up through him. He's a few years older than us. And uh, he was at Cafe Katie and came up through it. But Eos was kind of like his coup de gras. And it was just great restaurant. And the, a bunch of us came out of there. Uh, Andrew Kirshner at Tarn Roses. Oh, really? We worked together for a long time. Oh, okay. The group that, came, that we all had together in like 97, 98 was just shockingly talented like a, these guys were incredible and arnold never yelled at any of us ever and then the one time i came back and visited to say hi i stopped in and he was yelling at his kitchen and i'm like i've never heard that before ever so it does something got i didn't even know he could yell <laughs> but, but did you uh, think did you think you were gonna open a restaurant up there or do you think no maybe, oh. no i went we i actually one of the guys i worked with there we kind of put together a plan to open up a restaurant together. And so we were looking, um, we actually went to Atlanta. Oh. I had gone to Savannah. Savannah was too small for me. Um, we went to Atlanta. I did not care for Atlanta, but he was from Nashville. So when we went there, we had stopped in Nashville for a few days mm -hmm. and I loved Nashville. And it yeah. was like, wait a minute, this place is incredible. <laughs> And all the writing was on the wall. It was 2000. It was 2000. And it was like, like this there's is gonna nowhere be. to eat. There's an extraordinary amount, or extraordinary amount of transplants from New York, LA, Chicago, Miami, with an exceptional amount of money. Why is there no restaurants here? And we were like, okay, let's start putting this together. We started putting it together. We were going to bring more of a California kind of flavor and we moved there and uh what we found is at the time you couldn't if it wasn't an existing restaurant the permitting process was so bad uh there was almost no chance of getting a restaurant built unless it was already a restaurant it was really challenging so um therein lies the problem probably that, that therein lies a big problem uh, that's a hurdle um but we were trying, and then 9-11 uh, happened. And every, I just was like, this. he had already kind of, after like the, the year, he was frustrated, had been kind of moved, was moving, going back and forth between our Nashville and another city where his girlfriend was. He's actually a big caterer now in Hawaii. Um, we, uh, and I was like, I need, I need to go back home for a while. I need to read. And you were 30 ish. Like Just, I had to bring it all back together. And it was like, so I went back to LA, took a break for a little bit, and then we started putting Boneyard together. And was Boneyard, had you had barbecue places that? No, barbecue was my hobby. Okay. Since I was 12. I had all, barbecue was just, I got my first smoker when I was 12. Smoker as in like a, the bullet? Like a, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a bullet, charcoal <laughs> bullet. I, had one I, I saved up my allowance. I went to Home Depot. And I got a smoker. You know, my mom would not buy me beef jerky at all. She was like, there's too much salt. There's too much. So she wouldn't do it. And I was like, I'm going to make my own, which <laughs> I did. 
Oh, that's and then so I was good. like, I got the smoker. I made beef jerky. It's killer. What else can I do? Then I stuck a turkey in there. And then I stuck some ribs in there. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, we're eating yeah. Aaron's making barbecue. So <laughs> mind you, we were already a big grill household. Um, it's like we mine, spent yeah. all our summers up in Pismo Beach. So oh wow, okay. that's where the Central Coast barbecue that I do came in is I grew up eating at Jocko's. And, I love uh, Jocko's. That's such a hole in the wall. It is. It, 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 actually, it isn't, great. but it is. It, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll put a I, link to Jocko's below for people if they, you know, if they're hitch, to... you know hitching post. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a place called Firestone up in Slow that's made just unbelievable tri-tip sandwiches. Cold Springs is kind of a fun little excursion if you get. Have you been to Cold yeah. Springs ever? I haven't been to Cold Springs. No, it's off like it's like it's uh, east of Santa Barbara, kind of. It's it's in okay. there's it's, there's like a bridge. I just remember like a beautiful bridge that you're crossing and it's like seems like the middle of nowhere and it's it's like a, almost like a biker bar uh-huh. that's up, upscale biker bar that does tri-tip and has music and you know it's just it was like we were so obsessed with it that my dad had bought a he bought a santa maria grill he act so there was there's two hitching posts there's one in built and one in casmelia and they're brothers that don't get along Okay, I've only been to the one. Okay. Okay. Well, Casmelia is actually, I think, older. And the uh, we actually bought the guy's personal Santa Maria barbecue from his backyard. <laughs> really? And I believe we, he still has it. Um, and then later my dad had one built by the same guy. Um, but we always grew up, we always had <clears throat> red oak on at the house. And That's so cool. Santa Maria barbecue. So we had Santa Maria barbecue. And then I had the bullet. And then my mom had called me when I was away at college and was like, your dad wants a bigger, wants a smoker. So he got, a, he got, ended up with like new Braunfels. Oh, really? And when I came back, when I would come home, because apparently it, it wasn't easy. It, it didn't go real well at first. <laughs> so I got back and I started playing with it. And, you know, it's an offset it's got its quirks but once you learn it boom and that's you know that's really where i learned how to barbecue was on that and we but you were doing was this in encino or did you in encino oh, the neighbors they didn't get upset you know when you're rolling smoke correctly it's blue and light it should when be yes <laughs> when, when, you're, first when you got when you're trying to keep this white smoke thing going that people shouldn't be doing yeah nobody wins the neighbors don't win the people who are eating aren't gonna win yeah it was uh it it it, you know once it just was it was a learning experience and uh but that's what i learned on i used it for years so how did you find then the location how did you and was it gonna be called boneyard bistro to begin with and was that the concept that so um we had a building we had got we had we had a building and my brother was in it, had a shoe, put a shoe store in there. Um, in the second, the other unit had a restaurant. So my brother was up and running. We started putting the boneyard concept together, putting it all down on paper, getting all our ducks in a row, and then took over the restaurant space. Okay. So yeah. that, that shoe store was your brother's? The shoe store was my brother. I didn't know that. I, I... The shoe store was my brother. I remember always like you'd leave, you'd have a couple of drinks, you'd look in the window, <laughs> the shoe store. It was something that I the remember. Shoe store, it was they were next door and and and, yeah. and the dividing wall, and we built the restaurant. Um, and oh, it was trying to with the boneyard concept. It was it was tough because my dad's a barbecue guy, my mom was more into the finer dining. We had both influences. I went to you know culinary school. I worked high end restaurants for years. My background was fusion, which is not a dirty word. Um, and the uh, the two, and so my idea was let's do both and we'll let the customers decide which way they want the restaurant to go. They want more barbecue, do they want more of the, uh, you know, more bistro-y trick or food. So when we opened, we had this dual concept in a 40 seat restaurant and no one had ever seen anything. It was I had this never weird thing. The barbecue was accurate; it was correct. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we opened. We had that big JNR two hundred and fifty in the back. 
but you could also get venison and foie gras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Which <laughs> was and and what did you do the full liquor license at the time too? No, we just had beer and wine. Okay. And we were wine focused actually. You could have your ribs on nice china. You could have your ribs, you know, pulled pork sandwich on a nice plate with a nice glass of wine. It was just this different thought process. My attitude was they've been serving, you know, White House barbecues for hundred years. Why not? But the customer would, we would see it lean one way or the other way. And what we found out is they wanted both. Interesting. So we just rolled. What was the, rolled. the immediate reaction? Did you, was it pretty busy? At the, Cause I, I forget crazy. when the first year I went, it was, it was busy. The nights I always went, it was busy. It was nuts. It was, we had one of the longest honeymoon periods anybody had ever seen. We had press. The press was fighting to be first. It was wild. Um, Irene, Irene from the Times loved us. She had a couple quirks, which I just went like she was mad the collard greens weren't bright green. It was like you don't know anything about collard greens. Yeah, exactly. When you cook them for four hours, they're going to be drab green. Now we blanch and shock them, and then yeah, it was like okay, uh, and like and the wine list wasn't, you know, her, I mean, her husband was in the wine business. Yeah. Like. Come on, you also have to you have to be smart about your wine list. That's it, something you that, do. Yeah. And it's like we're Zen focused. I mean, that works with barbecue. Um, yeah. Zen petite uh, cab is not barbecue's friend typically, and that was especially like the the, he, the the heavy California style that was at the time. That was well, like, yeah, so... the big giant jammy fruit. Bomb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like them, but I mean, my palate moved around. Mm-hmm. My palate. My palate has evolved on all from food to wine to beer. When I started in the beer game and started drinking craft beer, it was very much about Belgian style, big multi um, quads and double, uh, you know, you know, doubles and things like that. Hoppy was not something I liked. Fast forward several years and tasting a lot of beer, the palate shifts and changes Mm -hmm. and, you know, oh, this is bitter in a good way. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we, I mean, it, it just took a little while to, to develop the palate for it and see where it came into play. I mean, with big spicy notes, I mean, it works great, but it also, I mean, people aren't aware. I mean, you know, when you first taste that an IPA and it's like, whoa, that's really busy or really uh, not busy, really um, bitter. But then like a minute or two later, you're drinking some more and it's like, oh, it's yeah, it changes. Hot. It's because it, the, the the hops actually kind of do a little paralysis on your taste buds. Yeah. Kind of shortens them out. Mm-hmm. So there's actually a chemical reaction happening. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some stuff that's over the top. My palate kind of went from one extreme to the other and then kind of finds its spot kind of in the middle. Isn't that uh, interesting that's how that one why we've been around as long as we have is wall well, swing to the, to the fences on both sides. I still know where the path is and I like the path. Um, I just don't like to necessarily be in the middle of the path. So that way with wine, it's that way with beer, definitely that way with food. So how, so at the beginning, did you have all those proteins? We had tried to beef ribs, brisket, pulled pork, baby back ribs. I don't remember if we had saints right off the bat. We had sausage. We had the main ones heavily. I mean, brisket and tri-tip chicken, uh, baby backs, sausage and pulled pork. It's interesting too, because it was unique to be in a, a kind of quote-unquote fine dining setting having a four meat plate like a three meat plate with yeah with collards and yeah it was so it was, it was weird but so great it, and we just we just took the attitude is it doesn't have to be on paper plates or as now it doesn't have to be on a on a sheet pan yeah butcher paper yeah. even though we do use that now for the barbecue um it just was a different you know and we made you know, when we plated i mean we were fanning stuff out and it's because all i knew was high-end plating mm-hmm. so putting stuff just slapping it on a plate was there was no love there you had to <laughs> yeah yeah you had, to. you had to make it as appealing as pot as as, as, it, as it could be and barbecue is not the easiest thing to plate mm-hmm. i mean you look at competition it's like okay we've seen enough of the green leaf lettuce and just layering it in and dabbing with enough it's like what is that <laughs> it's it's yeah I, I can't just, comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, competitions. It's that's its own. That's its own animal. It's, it, completely, it, and that's it. a weird one too. Because mm-hmm. it's 
I don't that's changed, think, I think, over time. I think it has changed, and I don't like where it went. Yeah. I don't like anything. Well, I admire all the guys who compete, and I think it has become such a bastardized version of what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even, I think, honestly, I think, I think all those competitions, they should all start with the same product. Yeah. Here, here's a, there's 20 cases of this. We're all using it from this company. That's it. Not, oh, we're, we're pulling. I mean, I'm waiting for the guys to start pulling out A5 Wagyu's. Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> it's like, if you're, you know, if you guys got to start with the same, you have different cooking methods, different cooking equipment, different sauces, all that, that's fine. But you start with the same. Mm-hmm. That I think is, uh, I think that's where the biggest, mis- the biggest problem with that whole circuit is, is you're starting off guys that are just, you know. Yeah, using. You want to start all with this, you know, with Snake River Farms Wagyu, that's fine. But they should but all everybody with, gets yeah, it. and then you it's how, it's how you, you know, treat it and how you yeah it's and, and it I shows like your skill more category it shouldn't just be the money muscle it should be everything mm-hmm. huh. you know <laughs> it's just uh is Aaron's emails below please write it <laughs> hey I have no problem I'm, just, I mean, I'm just totally kidding again yeah. it's not taking away from the but I think you really want to see who's the best but that's yeah it's it should Everyone be a level playing the yeah. same and then you let this skill level do it. So I don't care what they start with. It just, it should be all even. So, to, so 2009 was an interesting time for you. Did you, so then did you expand some? So we did. So 2010, expanded. we expanded into next door. We, we, my brother moved down the street to a bigger space and I took over the whole building. Uh, we put in the big bar. It was the height. It was just going into what was going to be the craft beer revolution. We were already there. We already had had 10, like 10 taps and a hundred bottles. Wow. Um, and I was like, I don't want all these bottles. Let's move in the draft. So we built a 42 tap draft system. And the goal was beer and whiskey. Uh, we had a hold up with the uh, getting our liquor license, the zoning part through. So that dragged uh, a little bit. And, but beer, the beer was flowing because that part was through and we had 42 handles. I mean, wow, it was, it was nuts. That's nuts. That is nuts. With Boner's attitude was go big or go home. You know, just, we kind of take everything to an extreme level. There's some downsides to doing that. There's some big risks that happen, but uh, it worked. I mean, well, the thing that changed though. So 2010, we were, you were still pretty much in recession. Mm-hmm. So when the 2008 recession hit, Boneyard had to had a big evolution. So some of the finer dining stuff backed down. The wines pulled back and craft beer really, I think the 2008 recession really drove craft beer. Interesting. Because you had a lot of really refined palates who were drinking wine, who were like, I'm not dropping $100, $200 on a bottle of wine all the time, but they'll drop 30 bucks on a killer bottle of beer. Yeah, yeah. So you had this morph that happened. Uh, it also was the rev- what drove the the gastropub, and the that was the time when the millennials were way into anything artisan. Yeah, <laughs> so huge. Everything was craft. Everything was artisan. Everything was handmade, and you had this like renaissance of of just craft everything. And our timing was right on it. We were just right in the front of the wave. Were people coming in just to get small bites and? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I think we were definitely one of the ones that just busted the door open for everybody. Local peasant came shortly after that. I was going to say that seems like around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They were were just exactly. They're one in the Sherman. Is it Sherman? Oak. we had, we had the the right guy doing it all. So, And and the area that you're in for people that, that are listening that aren't from the San Fernando Valley, the area that you're in, there's a lot of residential just behind you and yeah. across so the street. Like Sherman Oaks, a- yeah, Sherman Oaks, so you, see, you have a, it's a big mix of apartments Huge. and expensive homes. Mm-hmm. So you have a good economic factor of people who have means. Mm-hmm. You also had a high level of professionals. A lot of people work in the film, television and film industry. Tons. It's not an area that is um, very depressed or doesn't have you know money. They can, a little bit of money to burn. 
and people are going over the hill for work and then they're coming home, but they don't want it. A lot of people Once don't they're home, leave they don't the valley. Go they don't go they back. They don't want to go home. No. Yeah. No. So it, it provides an environment that can do it. I mean, obviously, if you're on the other side of the hill in, in the city side, you know, if you're in the right area, you know, certain areas, you can obviously produce that uh, the same mix. Yeah. But even even more, even bigger, more intense. Downtown kind of took off also, but that was you know, that was a little later. A little later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that area, yeah, I still... think the, I think this economic situation we're in, I think slowed downtown a lot mm -hmm. it's true yeah it was it seemed like it was ready to take off and oh then, it was our it was taken off man it was like if you were at the right time downtown it was crazy exactly. uh, i don't really enjoy going downtown so it wasn't really on my radar yeah and um, for a while people i don't think people even knew that you you wouldn't go down to downtown like when we were younger you wouldn't go to downtown no, like, no that was not a safe no, place no, no, not ever a ever and, and it's it's evolving and changing and but it's still kind of sketchy at the oh, places. I now. mean, it's, I'll see the weirdest. It, it, I'm hope I'm hoping to see LA make some major improvements. Yeah, there's a lot because it's it's that that's a whole nother show. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that's not barbecue related. It's just LA's social the social economic. economic. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a train wreck, right? Yeah, now. yeah. I I had completely forgotten. I apologize. I that you had another location do you want to talk about that real quick before i mean we, get... we we you know it was one of those where you know the guy who was my general manager rory who we had um we'd been listening to the customers talking about how they wanted high-end 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 in the valley we had been looking for a boneyard second boneyard location and it just wasn't materializing well to do what boneyard takes a certain amount of space which we don't even have at the same point, there's a lot of factors that go into the thought process for Boneyard. Also, especially equipment requirements, um, you know, that are really challenging. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of on different pages on it. I think I like the um, more, I, at this point, especially in my life, I'll, I prefer the more family-oriented environment. It's fun and frustrating to, you know, when you see like the night spots jamming all night and it's like, you know, they put out garbage or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> people are there, Yeah. you know, oh yeah, they got all these great food. Yeah, it came out of a box. You know, it's frustrating on that point, mm -hmm. but you know, not a spring chicken anymore. I can't, I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't want to necessarily be at work until one in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A uh, little bit different thing. I, I'm more one that would lean a little more uh, suburban, I think. And, but we did talk about it but we really had a hard time finding. We looked at a bunch of locations that were actually pretty interesting, exceptional amount of money to build, just not really finding what we wanted. Yeah. So, so we ended up, we had built this other concept and it was higher end, much higher end. And on paper, everything about this worked. It really did. It was probably just, a, we overestimated the neighborhood a little bit. I don't think they were quite ready for us. And where was this? It was just down the street. Okay. It was just down the street. So it was close to Boner, which was nice for us to be able to control. But the again, the valley, it was like the I hear it every single week. People come up to me and are like, God, we missed that restaurant. And then wow. they all say the same thing right afterwards. They go, We didn't go enough, did we? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. nope. And I wasn't living in the valley. It was one time, of those so. where you would go. <laughs> If we were in Brentwood, there's no doubt in anybody's mind we would have just cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. But the valley just, it was like. It's a finicky place. It's they wanted it. They didn't want the price tag of it. And it was, you know, it was a really nice night out. I think they're ready for it now. I think we broke that. We broke that ceiling. But then it was just, it was just, that was a hard animal to control. Think about it now. Like with you, you bringing that up, the valley doesn't have a lot of high-end Right, like brandy wine. Had a couple, sort of... I mean, my hero in LA is in the valley. Mistral is it. I mean, yeah. Henry has been doing it. They've been Henry and Raul have been doing this for like 30 years, 30 plus years. He is a restaurateur's restaurateur. He is amazing. And I do my best to emulate what he has done. Mind you, where he does French, we do barbecue. Yeah. But he is such a match. I mean, he is just extraordinary. That was always the place people went for like special. It was a very special occasion. Type yeah, and the place. Valley's always had a few. I mean, I grew up, we went, 
we had Mongren Yang, which was yeah, my yeah. first introduced introduction into fine dining. And I was literally like floored by it. We had a place called Tracton. Yeah, yeah. What tra- that name is so, so familiar. Yeah. It's now a Mercedes dealership. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it was Chevy's for a while. Tracton's was a steakhouse. It was like known for its big steaks and its three pound lobster tails. Okay. They had Australian <laughs> tails. And it was, I grew up right up the street from it. It was like the fancy restaurant in the Valley. You had Monty's and I still go to Monty's in Woodland Hills. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's really close to where I am. Yeah, yeah. That's become like a different scene at night. It's like a, it's the, uh, in my head, it's like the divorced. <laughs> I'm, divor- I'm divorced. Like, I'm divorced. Like it's, Cougarville? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's an interesting, like, yeah. It's, I it, got, it is. My, it my is. parents would go, my parents would go a lot because it was so, yeah. it was like casual, casual fine dining. If that. It was mm-hmm. casual fine dining. And, you know, you like what you know and what you've had for a long yeah. time. Uh, I honestly, I think our, our, our high-end restaurant that was a bit of our miss was again everything was so artisan so, so and a lot of our clientele that would be comfortable spending that kind of money you know what she wants her gray goose on the rocks he wants his johnny walker black and you're not going to get him to change yeah yeah not until they trust you enough and then they may have it once, but then they're going to go right back to what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we mi- we misread that card. Was it called um, Boneyard? Be- was it called? No, Boneyard Be- Soka. Okay. Oh, so- Soka. Okay. That's, I was thinking Soka was something else, but okay. Okay. That's, that's what Sherman Oaks, California. Uh, right, gotcha. And it was gorgeous. The restaurant yeah. was gorgeous. It was just when we got an offer to, to set to someone wanted to buy it. At that point, I was. Made sense. You know what? Mind you, the last two years, people are like, aren't you happy? <laughs> you know, it, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it was one of those, it just should have worked, you know, bite off more than you can chew sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, what they, you know, like Wayne Gretzky said, 100% of shots never score. No. You don't take. So we swung and we missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it, it happens, but you still have Boneyard and it's. We have Boneyard. Boneyard's. How hard was it during the pandemic? Not during the bank because we're still in it. But it was like, actually no, no, no. so when we got when we sold Soka and I would back at Boneyard, I had was mostly focusing on the barbecue. My crew was there, and then about five months and a chunk of the crew left to go up in their own. And uh, my youngest literally was born three days prior to being told this. So I expected to be at home a lot during the summer, and but went back into the fire these guys went to go do their own thing and which is fine timing was a little difficult for me but the reality is we were there were there were issues that needed to be dealt with that put me in a position i had to fix i had to deal with these issues there were you know i think things had when i was off at soca you know there was trust to do for certain things and it just wasn't exactly the boneyard way and I think we lost a bit of our core clientele on a regular basis and picked up a different clientele. So when I started bringing it back to what Boneyard is, we had this weird little gap in there where it was like the new ones were like, what's going on? And I was starting to get a little nervous with it. And then for us, Thanksgiving comes. And when Thanksgiving comes, all the old customers come in because they want to order their turkeys and hams that we do. So they come in and they'll have dinner. And they hadn't been coming in as much, but all of a sudden they went, whoa, this is, this is back. So all of a sudden in November, the trajectory shifted and we started going up and December was huge. And then January was huge, was bigger than December, which never happens. And February, the short one was bigger than all of them for the last 18 months. So it was like, okay, we're right. We're really back on track. Fortunately, March, uh, something, uh, March, 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 March got a little interruption. It's uh, a, you know, this is, a, it's sadly, I've heard this story like a dozen times. It was man, like we a were, lot, so our, many people were at the highest they've ever We been. were going, we were going to the moon. Yeah. I mean, we were in such a trajectory. Like Mind beating you. month after month, beating month. Yeah, but, we yeah. had been rolling. It sounds like ZZQ in Virginia. They were like. It was out of control. Amazing, yeah. Like it was, it was like 
all our old cut regulars were back and not back a little, back a lot. Oh, that's such a... Uh, the only thing it did do is that trajectory, at least when COVID hit, we called the shot that we were going to shut down and go to takeout only. Mm-hmm. Four out, I announced it to the company. Four hours later, uh, the mayor did. And in our area, people were like, what do we do? And so the first couple of days were a little odd. And then all of a sudden people were calling and they're like, you guys doing to go, to go? Well, people were panicking too that they wouldn't get food because that was something. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was just total. It was a weird time. Yeah. yeah, it's hard yeah. to remember that time. It feels- Go to the market, grab everything you can, especially, yeah. for, you know, toilet paper. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. But it's funny too, because you could only buy at certain markets like a pound of meat or two pounds of meat. And like, well, it was just, it was It was bizarre. nuts. Yeah. And, then, and I mean, like I, I thought about it, actually another restaurant beat us to it. I was like, on the to go, just put a roll in the bag but it shows that your resiliency (laughs) well what we learned was this on takeout people do not go outside of the path at all because if they don't like it they're stuck so it was the menu narrowed way down barbecue burgers two salads like really that makes sense you have to you know not to mention and again it was it became if it was available because there was became all of a sudden there were sourcing issues um our contracts with certain suppliers were interrupted we couldn't get our baby backs for 18 months wow they just they wouldn't honor our contract uh and the bs excuses and then we finally figured it out what was going on you know certain very large large (laughs) company took all the product for the whole country so wow. hmm. nobody was getting it except for this one extremely large mart, one might say. Hmm. <laughs> um, because, I, I, I can't get it. And they were, and they were making stu- it and what sucks is they were selling it cheaper than we could even buy it ourselves. Oh. It was like, that's when you saw how the game, you know, a lot of hmm. how the game works. Um, a lot of things became clear during that time too. A lot of it was tough. I mean, we and I never. And my attitude was, I was never going to compromise the product. So, some of our suppliers were like, "Well, here you can get, you know, we can get you this." I'm like, "That's one and a half pound baby back. We use two point seven five, and I'm not going smaller. I'm going yeah. bigger if we need to." So, I mean, people were like, "We weren't necessarily raising our prices on it, but our average baby back during pandemic was." three three and a quarter three and a half pounds there were these monstrous but it's like you know what i'm not going to use the junk yeah you know we started seeing a lot of barbecue places like pictures of the food and next to the rack of ribs is a portion cup well i know the size of a portion cup Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be a third of the size of the rack of ribs (laughs) that's true (laughs) <laughs> so we you know and 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 you thought about it because prices were stupid it's like well we can get this at this price and i'm like i can't go down that path mm-hmm. of doing substandard product i'd rather just say we don't have it when did you start thinking i'm gonna get a smoker a pit like uh, the type a different pit yeah because we've, right? we've we've talked we've talked about the, so like the, the the chronic program problem we've had so when we built, when we were small, before we took over, we built our kitchen. We put, brought in this big JNR 250. And it is the Rolls Royce of, of, of those kind of pits. And like the Rolls Royce of pits, they occasionally have their problems. Myself and a few other guys know how to work on these. One of the problems with JNR, JNR doesn't have a fleet of people out there that know how to work on any. One that. guy I know in, in, in Texas is like, yeah, there, no problem. I'll work on it. Just fly me out on my dime. It's like, it's just, it was, so I know how to yeah. work on them. But when, you know, they, they like to act up at the worst possible times. Of course. Um, so we, but we didn't have, you know, as we built, we never were able, there's no room for a second one. And there's no way to get this one out. It's like built around. It's built, we built around it. We can't get another one in and we can't get this one out. And it's still in great shape. It just, you know, it's a workhorse. So uh, we've talked about bringing in a, you know, like a little red. And I'm not going to bring in some of these other companies because the barbecue is so dramatically different. I think it just, every pit has its things. JNRs have a certain quality to them. Southern Prides have a different quality to them. 
all hickories are different, but there's always been what happens when it goes down. Uh, well, we need an insurance program. And we've talked about, it, you know, what to do with it. And one of the things that we, you know, LA has always been difficult with these. Yeah, yeah. The offsets, yeah. We're not sure why. Because no I went through it. the code book. I can't find anything in it that mm-hmm. says there's a problem here. Now, I think there's been some, like, uh, the, you know, if I recall Pearl's, it, it, there was, it wasn't a problem with the pit. It was a, the environment was the issue. And Santa Monica is different because I know AGL had it. And they had flat. But like swinging door has three of them sitting outside for the last 12 years. Yeah, forever. Uh-huh. And case in point, who my hats are off to Moe's Craft Barbecue is extraordinarily good. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. shocking. Like I sat there, just went, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's like they, um, cra- they cracked the code. <laughs> well, they did, but it was like, this isn't a fair fight. <laughs> um, no, because they're using the offsets and 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 it's amazing but it's not a fair fight but they're not getting any flack so i'm like okay they're not getting any flack they just got put in la magazine's top 100 and they're not getting they and they added a 1000 on so i'm like you know what i really started doing my homework to find out what is the problem and i can't find anything uh at all so I'm like, you know what? I think I want an offset. We'll set it up as a catering rig. I've looked at little quirks that it like that within the code. But all right. I said, this is an investment. Uh, also, it gives us the ability to do big catering events, really sure. large. Yeah. So I didn't just build it's it's a single 500, but the backside has a six foot Santa Maria, four burners, griddle, hot uh-huh. water, running water. I gotta come um, out. Oh, so it's a whole. It's a whole kitchen on the. Oh, other. that's killer! That's really cool. And then became well. Who do I want to do to build this thing? Um, in my opinion, the best pits in the country are Mober, and they're definitely the prettiest. Those in Jambos. But it's like, all right. So I'm going to start really doing my homework, and then I went up onto this uh, website called Kevin's Joints. <laughs> and, oh, did you see uh, my my insane list of of. I looked up for your builders. Oh, that's awesome. That's, you know, what's funny is a lot of people have, and I'm like, oh, thanks for like, yeah, that's cool. It was a great reference on there because I was like, I'm I'm insane. I just make these, yeah. I was like, well, who, I mean, I knew Fat Stack, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of Fat Stacks around here. And I'm not one to usually do what everybody else does. (laughs) So, strangely, I also didn't really want to wait a year, year and a half. so I went on your site. I'm look. I found the local guys, and I started looking them up and started looking at their stuff. And uh, you had Titus on there, and uh, I started looking at stuff. And I I really picked up on something specific, which I look for, which is the quality of the welding. Mm-hmm. And his welds are just, yeah. I mean, you know, he cares about what he does for sure. Yeah, and the welds are just. When you talk about rolling dimes, man, he really does. Yeah. And that was a lot of it. I talked to him, you know, we talked. Uh, I think it was a little skeptical of me at first. And then he looked me up. <laughs> I realized, yeah, that it's a real And thing. I came out, I went out there and. Uh, That's Riverside, right? Is it? uh, it's in Hemet. Hemet, like, okay. Jacinto. okay. And so we went, I went out there to, and we talked for a couple hours. And there was a lot of stuff that I wanted in design work that i was very specific i wanted very specific parts of the design uh, i was looking at the at like the thermodynamics and how the fluid dynamics of how smoke moves and what we what i wanted the pit to be able to do and how i wanted it to do it so there was a lot of argument not with it, was like argument, internal argument between going with like a collector or with an elbow i wanted and i i came to the conclusion i wanted an elbow on a very, on the submarine style propane tank okay. and then was what size and 500 seems to be the like kind of the magic spot the thousands are great they're a lot more energy mm-hmm. the other concern is will it fit in our back area mind you once i got it i was like this is huge 
three days later, I'm like, we should have gotten a bigger one. Of course. Uh, we spend a lot of time with the design and a lot of where, how we want it. You know, we want to pull out racks, not pull out racks. We had a few glitches along the way, but we started building, we, we got the propane tank at the end of October. And then it took a couple months. We had a few projects in front of us and Kenny Martinez, which is KFM Metalworks, joined the project on it. Oh, okay. Um, so they kind of double teamed. They do that a lot, those two. Um, I That's think those two just have one company personally. I think yeah. they're able to knock out more stones. Buddy of mine had one built in the middle of it. I did like a little trailer, a little you know wagon style. They put a lot of really cool trick things on it. I think one of the things that maybe Bobby's going to get known for is some of the very customized touches. Like I know he's doing one right now. I think it's for Destination. And it had a lot of really cool custom stuff on it. Um, like the, uh, the rods inside the doors were all the different branches of the military. Oh, that's cool. And then it's got, he's got like uh, these big emblems that are going on it, which are like each door I think gets, you know, one is Navy, one is Army, Marine. Oh, that's rad. That's it's pretty rad. I need to get um, out there and see his stuff. That's his know. stuff's really good. I mean, and it's getting better and better. You know, it takes a while to do it. I mean, you don't just instantly snap your fingers and you're Sunny Mober. You know, I, I think Sunny's stuff, man, they figured out how to paint like nobody's business. Uh, same with Jambo, but, uh, and I think. The, the the patina thing ran its course. I didn't want a patina looking one. Uh, also, honestly, you get an inspector who's just honorary. Your pit looks like it's yeah, like it's 20 rusted. years old. Yeah, those, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what's clean, what's not clean. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to help your argument. That makes sense. That's, that's an um, interesting aspect. I didn't think about that. I mean, I understand the, oh, you've been smoking on this for 20 years. Yeah, no. Uh, I also am one of those though. I am OCD on clean. So I do not subscribe to the school of don't clean a pit. Yeah. I am not a follower of that at all in the slightest. No, that's, the, that's the biggest mistake I think people make. I and think people, it's disgusting Yeah, for a uh, lot of reasons. Yes. The pit needs to be immaculate. Mm -hmm. It's just what a, I just don't get that one at all. Yeah. Not to mention potential fire hazards and yeah but it's just disgusting yeah uh you want to see something really gross have someone go open their green egg that they haven't used in <laughs> yeah um, no, that's no any moisture in there forget it mm -hmm. so uh, so do you nice about these offsets which i don't which i don't understand why they get the flex they are so much easier to clean god they're easy to clean my one at home is not as easy just because it has like moving parts and it's just difficult uh cooks great amazing it's so much work to clean i just I want to use it uh, i'm gonna probably have bobby build me another one but yeah i'm a, cleanliness is key to the whole thing so yeah. are you cooking on that daily or just week like a weekend day is that kind of we're how? doing it so we're just so it, like we got it the plan right now is to kind of do last weekend of the month kind of special you know okay we I wouldn't mind seeing it get used more and more. Um, and then for big events. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it cooks amazing. I mean, it, it actually beyond my expectation. That's so great. Um, the drawn, it's incredible. Um, we're even using nothing but post oak on it as well. Not cheap, but no, it's not cheap. No. <laughs> and it's pretty, it's a little green, but we have the ability to hold a fair amount. So, so uh, is it, is it sitting in the patio area? The back it's in our patio. So we rebuilt well, that's the cool entire for people patio. To see. Okay. Yeah. You got a front row seat of it. Uh, it'll be, we're mostly doing, uh, when we run it, we'll run typically things like the dino ribs. Obviously our we'll run the brisket, the briskets. I've never produced brisket. Like I'd have off the bat, oh, right off a... the bat. I mean, I ran it the, like a week and a half ago, literally all six thermometers to, were within five degrees of each other. <laughs> uh, the St. Louis ribs, because which we normally do Texas style inside, come out even a little better. Uh, we've been doing our own sausages in there. We've kind of developed our own uh, three chili uh, and cheese sausage. So yeah. just like jalapeno, yeah. a little more complex, but we're able to do cold. So I actually was able to cold smoke in there too. Really? Yep. So that worked really well for something That's... we've been wanting to do. Yeah, it, it is 
it, the way I describe it, and this is with Moose, like with Moose, all of us were, you know, Bert and all of us were all stuck with these other kind of pits, which are really good. And if you're a really good driver like Bert is or I am, we know how to get the must out of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like NASCAR. We all kind of start off the same and then it's the driver. Yeah. But then you have someone like Moose come in who's a great driver yeah. but he's in a Formula One. <laughs> yeah. We don't stand a chance. And Bert knows it too because he's an offset guy. Oh well, yeah, that's what I used to go to his house. I was what yeah. Yeah. Was, so yeah. the playing field's not the same. Put me into a Formula One, I can drive that too. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was. Is it's a it's an insurance policy in case our big pits down. It gives us some fun to play with. It gives us the ability to do big events. I could take this thing to Coachella and be fine. So it gives us the ability to do big events. You know, we're supporting our team, the Dodgers, with the Dodger blue on it. And you'll be slowly incorporporating it. Seems it a will bit, a slowly bit more, incorporate. Yeah. Um, we'll see if we get it much black. I don't expect one. We yeah. are within code. You know, like I said, we we have hot running water on it, which is one of their key things. But we're still within you know sixty feet of the kitchen in the restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would. There's some things that if if it. That part takes well, and I think I think people realize that we're doing this stuff. It will, but it's even funny on the uh, few events we've done so far with it. It's kind of a mixed bag. I mean, it's like you know, moves they're lined up for this in that part of town. The valley's like, oh okay. People you- follow us on Facebook and Instagram. They can always see what. I'll, yeah, what I'll put I'll put links. That's a good idea. I think a lot of people again really they a they don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and we do a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, well, you're known for a, a certain thing. We're, and yeah, so it's like we're so much better that than what people think. You're open seven days a week. Seven days a week. Uh, open Saturday, at four, Sunday, it, we open at 11. 11 on the, okay. Saturday, Sunday, Sunday a week at 4.30. Um, we're getting ready to go back to a late night game on Friday and Saturday nights. Okay. Till, uh, the kitchen should will be open till midnight pretty soon. Oh, cool. Okay. And when you come in after 10.30, it's a late night happy hour, which it's all the barbecue is at special pricing oh right okay I didn't, okay so cool. it's all like 25 percent off once you hit 10 30 rib tips are always on happy hour uh those have become hugely popular i love rib tips we couldn't sell them 15 years ago we couldn't sell them to save our life now cool. it's a whole different story it's crazy yeah. it's yeah. like great yeah so you know occasionally we do pastrami's uh but there's a lot of stuff that i wanted to start doing now that we're starting to see the people coming back in it's like, okay, especially with the big blue, we're able to, they're, they're, we're seeing a, a, that fusion thing is coming back, which is really my background. So we're going to start putting together some stuff, planning some chef dinners soon. Nice. Uh, and I'd actually like to start doing some collaborations. Cool. Um, it's kind of, it's a little challenging sometimes uh, to get everybody on the same page, but we're hoping to have some really cool collaborations and not necessarily... I mean, some with some other barbecue guys. But also with. Yeah, and I think it's kind of cool because some of the barbecue guys who don't have offsets can come and play. So if we're the playground for them, that's great. I would love I'd love to have uh, Bert come out, um, Adam come out uh, and do that. But then I want to I actually want to pair up with some of my other colleagues that are like um, more traditional chefs. That'd be fun. Put it together. So. Yeah. Um, but we're seeing the fusion stuff. I mean, Zap's definitely doing a lot of fusion stuff. Uh, Smoke Queen, case in point. Yeah, I'm uh, talking to her two weeks. Yeah, I was going to talk to her next week, but it'll be two you weeks. know, yeah. I mean, she's you know, and it's cool. You know, the, you got. I love I love seeing that there's some amazing women coming into this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just have you know Tootsie being the only one. No. And they're bringing some great ideas. Yeah, Rebecca has some awesome stuff. Like it's yeah, I mean it's great to see that. And I mean, I had a woman running my kitchen for almost ten years. It's just like new blood, mind you. Don't forget about some of us old guys. <laughs> I mean, first off, I've been barbecuing for 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 their uh, born <laughs> basically close to forty years now. Yeah, and uh, I've been doing. You know, we've been business almost seventeen. It's like, I know a few things, you know, yeah. but that's why that, and that's it, chef. That's why I wanted to talk to you is because I wanted people to know, Hey, you know, there's all these like, you know, cool new toys out there, but you know, you have this great toy that's been in your backyard forever. You should stop. I think, by Bonner, I mean, but, honestly, I would say like, it's like eaters always on the up and coming in the new guys. It's the well, that's, stuff. yeah. Yeah. 
it's, that's a whole that, that's a whole other podcast if like if you want to talk about that. yeah yeah like uh exactly so yeah but no but i i, I appreciate what you've I, i've always loved your food i've always loved your the combinations of things that you put together your menu is eclectic and interesting but also sta- has all the standard hits and and even you know a nod to california barbecue as well and it with i just beef, i just our I, beef ribs are those are the ones that sell out the fastest okay and we can only do so many of them that's yeah. the thing do you have do you make a, your sausage is it for every day or is it just so we 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 have our, our standard issue that we run it, we we actually buy just because of the volume of it yeah. um we're making specialty sausages now so we have the three chili cheese which is it we did uh an exceptionally spicy one the, uh two weeks ago like blisteringly hot <laughs> Without ghost, but it was blisteringly hot. And actually, we're I'm working on uh, some uh, house-made hot dogs and doing oh, a cool. special hot dog day. Nice. So those so will be, that, uh, if you follow social media, that you'll know what days those are. Yeah, really yeah. Out. If you follow us on social, you will see a time. Okay. I mean, there's stuff, you know, Mondays, we still do fried chicken. That's really so good. Often sell out by 630. You know, it. We're st- some of those standard things we always still do, but you know, now that things are really starting, they're starting to pick up. It's like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. It's just, it's still really unpredictable uh, of what people are, what they're going to do. So uh, hopefully things continue on the path and to reopening and we don't have any more bumps in the road. Yeah. I mean, we miss it. And I cook, I cook because we, I like people and I want to Yeah. And that's why I love restaurants. I, I love going out. It's 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 not just the food. It's the food's important, but it's also but it's, just what well, we do. We need to and people, I, I think one of the things, that, like especially our local clientele, if you get there at eight eight thirty and we've sold out for something, don't be mad at us. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's the game. Yeah. I mean, it's the point. Fresh, I mean, you want to have exactly. Deal. It's like that's the game, man. Is that we you want? You know, it runs out. It's yeah. part of it. Yeah, it's not um, a burger. It's not yet. We always have the burgers. We haven't run out of burgers yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So they have. Yeah. That's an option. But I. But thank you so much. Yeah. Have a great day and you have too, a bud. happy Take care. Passover. Say hi to mom. I will for sure. <laughs> you take okay. care. All right. Bye. Bring her some barbecue. <laughs> I, I need to. Yes.